world's on fire, our culture's disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning there. I don't know, uh, golly, what day is this? This is show <laughs> 2030. Can you believe that? 2030 shows. And I want you to know, I get up excited every morning. And I just want to personally thank all of you out there just for just coming in here faithfully. Because you, you keep me on my toes. And I've, as I've said to you a lot, I'm not, af- look, I'm not afraid to go where most people won't go. I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid to go there. And I've told you a number of times, I'm not a theologian. I haven't been to cemetery. I do have a PhD in, uh, in ed, ed, a doctor in uh, educational, what the heck's name? It doesn't matter. I, I'm a smart guy. I'm, I'm a well-educated guy. But I'm not a theologian. I was raised Catholic. And anybody who's been Catholic for any time at all knows this, that you don't know anything about the Bible. You only know what the church tells you. You learn, you learn the doctrine of the Catholic church. They call it catechism. And you learn what the church teaches you about the Bible, but you don't, you don't. I, I couldn't believe it when I first got saved and I started going to church and people were bringing Bibles. I said, what, what? Yeah, yeah, bring a Bible when you come to church. I, I've never heard anything like that in my life. A Bible? Why would, I, why would I bring a Bible to church? Anybody with me? I mean, I really, I, that, I, grew, I grew up like that. When I, when I found the Lord at 38 years old and I <clears throat> started taking the Bible with me, an amazing thing began to happen. I would... I would read something in the Bible, and golly, I'd look around, I'd see it, or I'd see something, and I'd find it in the Bible. So no kidding. Wow. So it was the Bible that was important, not the religion that was important. And we've got ourselves all wrapped up in religion. Religion. And I, I appreciate you coming here because you guys challenge me. And I think uh, I, I could do seven shows with Craig Mickle. I could just turn Craig Mickle loose and let him go. The stuff that he could show it, right? I mean, it, it's it is, and it's good because uh, I try my best to give everybody a platform. Uh, I mean, I do, I do, I do, but at the same time, I gotta, I gotta try to. There's a whole bunch of people that are watching us, and so I, get, I gotta keep it kind of roped in. So I, I, not because I'm a control freak, but because it's like I said, I'm sorry, I'm on one of those rants. Hang on a minute. That's why, I, friends. It's why church does not work. Stay with me a second. Church, as we do church, does not work. And here's why it doesn't work. And I explained this yesterday. If I were to go into school and I had in this classroom a first grader, a second grader, a third grader, a fourth grader, and a fifth grader, and they're all there in a one-room schoolhouse, which I used to be able to do that, by the way. If you were to do that in today, and I were going to teach everybody First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. How, how would I do that? Could I, could I teach long division? They don't even know their timetable. Some of them don't even know how to add, subtract. They don't even know how to multiply. How, how can I take first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, put them all together and teach a math class? To them? How, how can I do that? Well, friends, that is your average church on Sunday. That's your average church. You have, you have such a level of beliefs and understanding in the church but the pastor has to figure out what he can teach that they're going to get. They're going to under, they, they don't understand it. They don't understand it. And so church doesn't work. <coughs> church doesn't work because we're teaching at the same level to everybody. I mean, I could, I could dive in right now and I could start talking about the Nephilim, which my, I went to church my whole life. I mean, I'd never heard anything about what? Ain't fallen angels, giants. What? I, and man, when I got into that, wow, did my eyes begin to open. It took me a while to get it and to understand it. In fact, did a little bit of research on my own. But if I were to start right now talking about the Nephilim, some of you guys would, you'd be gone. 
<laughs> you don't talk about you don't talk about that stuff. What fallen angels and giants? Yeah, oh yeah, because some of your first graders, and some of your fifth graders. So a guy who's trying to <clears throat> teach a congregation on Sunday morning, he's got first, second, third, fourth, fifth graders, even kindergartners. He's got some people in there who don't even speak the language, and he's trying to do a Sunday morning service that's going to be a a buffet for everybody, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Can I tell you why this, this will sound horrible? I don't care what it sounds like. Uh, a lot of time, I feel for me, for me, church is a waste of time because I'm in 11th grade and we're still in the fifth. And I think those who are in the fifth grade need to be taught. They do. But I, I, I got I'm moving on. I learned that 10 years ago. I say to George, hey, George, because George, George McCloy is, you know, he's always bringing up new stuff to me. I said, George, that's three years ago, dude. Where you been, man? Are you, you tracking with me, folks? So that's one of the problems that, that we have. Not a problem, but one of the things we deal with here at the show, we're not all in the same place. We're not all at the same place. And so how do we come in here every day and bring something new to somebody who doesn't understand first grade yet? Okay. So I just ask for your grace that you hang in there with us. And some of the things I say, you know, they're not ready for this yet. And for the big, big, dare I say it? Dare I say it? Dare I say it? Okay, I'm going to say it. The flat earth thing. Oh, my goodness. We're going to go to war over flat earth. We're going to go to war over it. And can I tell you this? I've been doing my own research, which you ought to be doing your own research on everything. Don't take what I say. I've been doing my own research. And I got my own understandings and what I think and what I believe about it. But I'm going to tell you this. I ain't going there. And I'm not going to go there because it is not a salvation issue to me. I have very strong feeling. I have very strong feelings about speaking in tongues. I have very strong feeling about the prophetic movement. I have very strong, but I don't bring it here. I don't bring it here. Why? Because foolish and unlearned questions avoid for they do engender strifes. We are, folks, we, we cannot focus on on things that really and truly don't matter. Does the flat earth matter? I think it probably matters, but we got kindergartners in here. And as soon as we start talking to the average person about the flat earth, they tune you off, they tune you out. Are, are, are you with me? I'm, try, I'm trying to get them to understand good and evil. I'm trying to get them to understand that. And so that's that's why it's a struggle when we come in here every day. Now I made some of you flat earthers mad. I Hey, I'm doing my own research. I know what I believe, but I'm not going to tell you what to believe. You do some research on your own and then bring it to the table and we'll discuss it. Yeah, someday we'll get into the flat earth. Yeah, we we will. And see, I'm making some people mad because I have, how dare I be talking against Israel? Well, I've been doing some research and some things just don't line up. Now, I'm not going to bring it to you because, well, I don't know for sure, but I can tell you this, that story they've been telling me, a lot of holes in that story. Somebody give me a thumbs up. Somebody give me a thumbs up so you know, so you understand where I'm coming from, okay? Because I get bombarded every day. Coach, you need to talk about this. Coach, you need to buy. Coach, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I got kindergartners, first graders, second graders, third graders, fifth graders. I got, I, I got some college professors in here, right? So we're all at a different level. And so I try to come in and I try to lay a foundation. Have you looked at this? But dudes, I'm going to tell you something. It's up to you to do some of your research. Don't believe it because I said it. And don't believe it because Pastor Billy Bob said it. Because somebody told Pastor Billy Bob that. And Pastor Billy Bob has believed that his whole life. And he has never been exposed to it. All right? Okay, are you ready? I believe in the Nephilim. I believe that giants once roamed. I believe that. I, I believe that. But I'm not going to talk about it. All right? Go do some research on it. I believe it. I do. I do. I do. So... <clears throat> We went last night, excuse me, got home last night because we went and heard Dr. Frank again down in, thanks for, for Betty and Rube and Bob uh, Bob Connors, all those guys being nice to us down there. There was a nice crowd in there, old crowd, old crowd, a bunch of old folks. But somebody said to me, you know, maybe it's the old folks going to have to change it. And Dr. Frank just, he made it very, very, very clear last night. Are you looking at me, friends? That our political system is not designed to correct things. They are not going to correct it. Republicans and the Democrats are both for the advancement of that political system. 
They've dug, they've dug in. They've got their positions in it. They are not. He said he presented all this evidence to secretaries of states in 20 different states, I think he said, and nobody, they all see it. They all know it. Nobody's going to do anything about it. Why? Because the Republicans don't want the system messed with because they get elected by it. Are you with me? Do you ever ask yourself, why is it that incumbents always get reelected? Well, the system's system's rigged. System's rigged. That's why. Republicans aren't going to fight back against it because they get to be in there forever as well. And what we're seeing in our elections is nothing more than just a bait and switch and crazy, crazy, crazy. So anyway, uh, Dr. Frank did a great job last night. My, My wife, Michelle, today is going to go with Julie and anybody else that wants to. My wife's going staking this morning. What? She's going staking. She's going staking. My wife and Julie, a couple others, they're going to go staking. And I want to ask you this. Why aren't more of you doing that? Why aren't more of us doing it? Maybe more of us aren't doing it because we haven't haven't been explaining it. But I, I began to do, Craig, Craig's doing a little bit of research on us, on the impact that we've had because we started doing this stuff. We started to go, started to show up. We started to speak. We started to push back. And we're getting victories everywhere. And the reason we're not the reason we're not getting more victories is because very little of us, very few of us, have any real confidence in what the Bible says we can do. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities and powers, evil spirits in high places, weapons are warfare, not carnal, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high and lofty thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's what the Bible says, and we don't do it or believe it. See, we don't do it or believe it. We would rather believe the lies of the enemy. We'd rather believe the devil's lies. And uh, <clears throat> we got to go on offense. We got to go on offense. I was looking around that room last night. Every one of us could be, uh, we could be having great, I'm talking about me. We could have been having greater influence in our local communities than we are. All of us are, right? Could you, if you had to right now, could you could you raise up 10 people that would go to a meeting with you? Could you do that? And I would say that most people would say, no, nope, coach, I don't, I don't know 10. Well, why don't you know? Why don't I know 10 people? Why isn't it the Board of Elections aren't having a conniption fit over me and what I might do next? How come they're not afraid of Clay Parker? Why aren't they afraid of Glenn Claremont? Why aren't they afraid of, of uh, Craig Mickle? Why, why, aren't they, why aren't these people afraid of us? Why aren't they afraid of Paul Goslin? What is going on, what is going on that all of us sit back and we don't really, really do anything. I'm talking about me. If we're at war and we believe at war, then we better, we better get our gut butts engaged in war. Well, I'm all over the place. Bear with me a second here. Uh, so <clears throat> Michelle's going staking today. <clears throat> Can anybody think out there some place maybe you could stake? Right where you live? Get two, three of you. You can't find three people that will go stake your church, go stake your community. Go stake your town hall. Go stake your school. Go stake a cemetery. Go, you can't, three of you can't get together and go go pray. We can print off that <clears throat> that great thing that Randy did. And go read that. Are you are we are we doing that? No, we're not doing that. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, pull up for me real quickly, Spencer. <clears throat> uh, bear with me. I got to find which one it is. A, a beautiful picture I want everybody to see. <laughs> Coach, where is uh, the guidestones? Look at that! Look at that! Now, folks, I want you to—I want you to sit down and I want you to think about this a minute. That—that that group of people there. Look at look at that man. What do you call that? <laughs> oh, what a crew that is! And we showed up at the guidestones. You see that big cross OJ maids up atop us. Alan Zyfer's over there holding his shofar, and. We just showed up. We prayer walked. We staked. And we laid some stones, and we said, "Lord, we exalt your name above all that." And how long later? How much later was it, Craig? How much later? Those things. Those things ain't there anymore, folks. Six hundred and two days. Six hundred and two days later, they were gone, Craig. Six hundred two days later. Now is that a quinky dink? I mean, that just happened. Does it just ha- just happened after we went? We called them power FBI. We didn't do anything illegal. We didn't bomb them. We didn't do anything. We 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 prayer bombed them. 
we went and we showed up and we, well, we did exactly what you told us to do. So every place you put your feet, you've given them to us as an inheritance. Only be strong, very courageous. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. Lord, that God's with you wherever you go. And we went and did what it says in Ephesians, casting down imaginations, pulling down strongholds, and every high and lofty thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And by golly, those things fell down. I don't know what made them fall down, but they ain't standing there today. And if it works on the Guidestones, does it work on your local school board? Does it work on your local county commissioners? Does it work on your elder board at church? You don't think there's demons in your elder board at church? Huh? Come on. Come on. Right? So there ain't nobody, there ain't nobody doing what we're doing. Now, I don't know of anybody that's doing what we're doing. And I salute all of you, and I thank all of you for doing it. We got to do more. We have to up our game. My wife, my precious little beautiful, sweet wife, and Julie and Michelle are going staking this afternoon. This morning, this morning, they're going to go staking. So why are they going to go stake? I don't know, but they're going staking. Could you get some people together, some area where you live, rather than griping and moaning that nothing ever gets done? Could you raise up some people to go staking with you tomorrow? Could you Could you do that this weekend? Hey, Jeff Klein, maybe we need to stake the courthouse up there in Mount Vernon. Have we done that? The, the square. Have we staked the square? I know you want to stake the Board of Elections. Folks, it's what the Lord says to do. All right, I'm, I'm beating up on you. I don't mean to beat up on you. It's all good. I'm going to be gone this weekend. Pull up marycurley.com if you can real quick. I'm going to be in Florida. I hate, I hate, I hate leaving home, to be honest with you. But I'm going to be down there in Florida. And if anybody's down that area and you'd like to be able to come, we are in a town called, I can't even remember the name of the town. There it is. Winter Haven. Winter Haven. And I'm and I'm I'm going to go down there with a game plan. I'm going to unveil a game plan to them because for the most part we're we're talkers. We we love to study the prophetic, don't we? Huh? We love to study the prophetic. Why would you want to study the prophetic? Why do you want to study it? Well, I want to study the prophetic so I know what's going on so I can get ahead of it. Why did Jim Harbaugh steal the Ohio State Buckeye signals? Why did he do that? He wanted to be prophetic. He wanted to know what they were going to do so he would be able to stop it. Right? Isn't that what the prophetic's all about? Or is the prophetic just chasing stuff, just chasing stuff, chasing stuff, just looking for more signs and more signs and more signs. I don't know about you. Jim Harbaugh knew what the Buckeyes were going to run, and he stopped it. Isn't that what the prophetic's supposed to do? So we're different. Not everybody thinks like that. That's what we do. I'm going to be down there this weekend. Uh, Pray for me down there. What, what, What else? What else? What else? Dr. Frank staking Mary Crowley. Oh, I got a million things I want to talk about today. Mel. I think Mel's got something for us this morning. Go ahead, Mel. I think it's going to be me, Coach. Mel's, Mel's taking a I think Craig's got something for us here. And by the way, I, I, I'm so far behind. Craig has got a wonderful ministry going with saving God's children. There's a lot of guys that got great stuff going on, and I just got to discipline myself and give them a platform to talk about. Go, go ahead, Craig. Well, it's good leading, Coach, because here, here's the problem. Most people are going out and staking a new car dealership so they can get a new car. This is the, ver- <laughs> this is the, this is the verse that we need to, to go to, and it's from James 4.3. It says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Okay. So what, what, uh, brother Craig, Craig, that is the American church, isn't it, Craig? They go and ask (laughs) for stuff so they can fulfill their lusts. Right. And, and Hey, I love the prophetic, but I want to participate in the prophetic. And we, we have an action right now that you can, you can participate in. All right. And it's under the Liberty Action Network.com. Go to current actions. What's going on? Okay. It's happening every year. It happens right around this time. It's called the conference of parties. It's called COP. All right. And it, it's met every year and it's about the climate and it's all mm-hmm. these all these new world order people coming in, right? And let's just think about what's a conference of parties? Isn't that really a covenant? Isn't a covenant about an agreement of parties? And what are they trying to do? They're trying to get all the nations to come together and do what? Use it to come against us. And guess who's going to be showing up this year? Probably the Pope. (laughs) Well, the Pope's going to be there. Oh, good. Uh, King Charles, he's opening the whole thing up. Oh, and then our, our our favorite Bill Gates, who hates and wants to kill humanity, is going to be there. 
So why are these three people here this year? Well, because they have a big, huge agenda. Now, now this is how important it is to the Pope. Right now, last week, he has some kind of flu and is actually getting an intravenous thing. And mm. I saw an article yesterday that he still plans on going this weekend. Now, you would think if you had the flu and you're getting intravenous, that you'd be like, well, I'm going to pass on on this. Now, whether he shows or not due to his health, we'll wait and see. But his intent is so it's so important for him to be here. And the question is why? And and here's why, okay? Because they're trying to seal the deal. Now, you were talking about, you know, hey, we go back and look at our different actions. Last year, Mel and I put together a thing when they were going up to the Ten Commandments in Egypt. They went to Mount Sinai and they rewrote the, the climate Ten Commandments. But look at what happened. Let's see what happened last year when people got together. Uh, that was uh, sewage backups. We have pictures of that, all right? They had logistical problems. People couldn't understand where to go. Disorganization, and guess what? At the end, there was a, a lack of unified cohesion. They did not come to agreement with the plan. Well, Craig, so they really put Craig, you mean to tell me you think that spiritual warfare impacts them? Oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely, absolutely. Well, so, why would you think with, crazy like that, Craig? Why, why would you ever think? Because we, we petition the Most High. We're saints. Okay. We're children of the Most High God, right? And is we have Bible a right says, to. Because the Bible says to do that. <laughs> oh, it sure does. It says. Well, it says. It says, ask. Don't don't ask amiss. <laughs> don't spend it on your own. All right. I mean, right. I didn't I'll get. get I didn't. I didn't get a new car last year out of my prayer efforts out of that, but I could use one. So anyways, um, Mel's got, we got it up here and there's a prayer of resistance that we have. If you want, you can have somebody read it. Maybe uh, Betty, I wish Silver was able to do it because he really always added that. Miss Silver, Miss Silver. Heavenly, he actually had a heavenly voice that when we did these things, but uh, you know, it's up there and there's a prayer of resistance and people can start to pray this. They can click it off and print it. We're asking you to be a Daniel. Remember Daniel prayed 21 days, he interceded. We're asking you do 14. So pick it up and, and pray this through yep. December 12th. Correct. 14 Correct. days. What is it you want us to do, Craig? Uh, I want you to to pray against it. If you don't, I think prayer and unity, just like what, what Randy did. Remember when he went, he gave us a platform. He said, okay, yes. look, I'm going to give you these things. Hey, you need to say more, you do more. Okay. But at yep. least let's agree in this. And at the very bottom of the prayer, and this this was given to me at like 3.30 in the morning on, on Sunday morning. Okay, so I got up. The Lord said, you know, I was just fighting going back to sleep. He said, no, you're supposed to go up and do this, and I did it. So this is one of those three, four o'clock in the morning things. And at the very end, I put Psalm 133. It says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. If we can just dwell in what we agree on, and yeah. not on what we disagree on. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, the Lord, he, it's just like you, right, with your family. If you can see your family get together on what they agree on and not what they do, it, it, it gives you a happy heart as a father. So if we can agree on these things that this prayer says, I think the Lord's going to, you know, be gracious, and we're going to watch how he handles it. Hey, Craig, where's the, where's the prayer here, brother? Where is the prayer? It, if you go under the Liberty Action Network. We're there. We're on the screen. And then, then you go under current events. Okay, there it is. COP28, prayer. prayer of resistance. This is the prayer that you would like all of us to pray. Is that right, Craig? Right. It, it talks about who's attending. And then it, if you get down, it says call to action. Uh-huh. Then it has click and print prayer. So it will print right off your little computer, your, uh, your home computer you and prayer. The red thing right there, folks. You can click on that red thing and you can print the prayer. Right. Put the it in your right Bible. Below. We're going to read, we'll read the prayer here in a second. But Craig is saying, hey, folks, why don't we do this for 14 days? Why don't we do this for 14 days? Know what you're saying, Craig? Yes, sir. Well, why, why would we do that? Well, because it said you, uh, you ask not or you ask amiss. Well, let's ask for the Lord to pull those kingdoms down. Let, let's do that, right? Let's do some spiritual warfare. Oh, wait a minute. Your pastor will think you're crazy. I mean, people that you go to church with, they'll think you're crazy. 
because they don't they clearly don't have any understanding of anything that's going on and all the lord's asking us to do is just go and speak for me would you just go and speak for me would somebody please just go and intervene for me would you guys do that and see we're so convinced that we're anything we can do about it because the devil's so strong and the lord's up there twiddling his thumb says hey go on, will somebody just go do this we just go do this and, and and we don't we don't because why because for the most part the guys in the pulpit have no vision and the bible says where there is no vision the people perish and i want you to ask yourself this question does your pastor have a vision to conquer his community and i would say no never entered his mind why he's waiting for evacuation he, he can't wait to get out of here okay laura ann i don't know why somebody just said have laura ann read that so okay laura ann can you, can you read that? But folks, we want, Craig, we want them to read sure. this, declare this every day. Is that right, Craig? Yes, sir. Declare this every day. Now, hey, folks, you can print it off. You can print it off. You can save the link. You can do whatever. Okay, Laura Ann, go ahead and read this COP28 Prayer of Resistance. If you hey, let me get my readers on. Lord, folks, I'd ask all of you to be in an attitude of prayer right now. Because it says wherever two or more are gathered, he's in our midst. And if the two of us agree is touching any one thing, it's it's done, man. It's done. See, yeah. what, if, what if we really do have the power to destroy evil? What if we really have it? And we and we just we just don't know we have it. I think Coach, have Coach, have everybody take a picture of this, put it on their phone. Then they got it, their phone with them. They don't have to have any paper. They can look at oh, this on so during the day and just read it. You're so it. smart. You're so smart. You're so smart. We'd have to probably make that smaller and able to be able to do that, right? Is that the prayer right there? That's all this. That little prayer right there? That little prayer right there? Well, heck, are you kidding me? Jeez. I can do that, I think. Well, I could do that several times a day, I bet. Michelle's going to go doing this today. Okay, Lorraine, I'll shut up here because I'm running in. So the, the importance is, is that if we're all saying this together, we're, we are storming the courts of heaven. Lorraine, do you believe the Lord is a man of his word? I believe the, the Lord is the word. Okay. Randy, do you believe he's a man of his word? Brian Cunningham, do you guys good. believe the Lord's a man of his word? Amen. Greg, do you believe it? Paul Goslin, Brian, do you guys, you guys believe he's yes. a man of his word? Do you believe that when he tells us that two or more gather together and we agree that it'll be done? Do, do we believe that? No, we don't believe that. We don't believe that. I believe it. I believe it. You know why? I saw those guidestones come falling down and nobody has a reason why. No one can explain why they just came down. They've been standing there since 1980, and we went, and Craig says 602 days later, they fell down. Nobody knows why. Why are we surprised? I'm with you. And we can can enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. His courts with praise. Because of what he's done. Mm-hmm. And now we know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Amen. We are the we are the FBI's worst enemy. We are. We are the CIA's worst enemy. We are the Luciferian's worst enemy. We are the American government beasts worst enemy. We are right here. You, me, us. We, we are. We're it. We're it. Huh? Ain't the Pope. No, no, no. Ain't Billy Graham. We're we're it. We're it. Stop firing away, Lauren. Wait, hold on a second. I just had to let my dog in. Okay. Let's hang, lock on, it Lauren, hang on, Lauren. Okay. Will you guys share this? Will you share it? Go ahead. Hey, Thanksgiving and praise. Lock and load. James 4 7. Resist the devil and he will flee. Amen. Heavenly Father, holy is your name. Thank you for your son, Jesus of Nazareth, who shed his, wait, whose shed blood has given us redemption. We honor you and love you. And 
Psalm 2, it states, Why do nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. And the, the one enthroned in the heavens laughs, and the Lord scoffed at them, and he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Amen. That's it. Amen. In Jesus' it, name, man. amen. Amen. Now, oh, wait, there's going. another yeah, part. Keep, okay. Keep, keep going to the very end. <laughs> Okay, do you want me to read the yes. on November 30th or no? Yes, because yes. Yes, it addresses okay. what's going on. Okay, on November 30th through December, till December 12th, 2023, the peoples and the kings of the earth will be meeting at COP28 in D- Dubai, in United Arab Emirates. In attendance will be Pope Francis, King Charles, Bill Gates, ones who by their public record distort, disavow, and claim not your sons, Jesus Nazareth, rightful authority as King of kings and Lord of lords of of mankind and creation. They assemble with others in Dubai to distort, deny the Holy Scripture, and intent you have for humanity through man-made agendas and false narratives about who really controls the climate and holds the world in his mighty hand. Amen. On Psalm 95, 3 through 5. For the Lord is great, is a great God and the king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also are his also the sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land father as your ecclesia wait i'm trying to read this okay father as your ecclesia prayed in unity over the cop 27 agendas which was held in sharam al shaykh egypt in November of 2022, sewage backups took place, infrastructure problems logistically disorganized, and the finality of the conference, a lack of unified cohesion plan occurred. We also, as your ecclesia, ask for the following for the COP28 this year. Amen that you bind and confuse the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places and bind and confuse principalities and bind and confuse the authorities, bind and confuse the cosmic powers over this present darkness who are coming against your anointed one and your ecclesia by using the COP28 and other globalist power structures, United Nations, World Economic Forum, etc to harm the people through a globalist one world agenda father we ask you to assign your mighty forces hold on hold on a second it just got smaller of course it did um so i'm sorry it just got smaller um okay so, Father, we ask you to assign your mighty forces over the conference to Dieter unravel, bring confusion, blindness to those in authority who have evil in intent, using false narratives and their leadership positions to implement. We ask, Father, you expose those in authority for who they are. Father, we ask you. For a Holy Spirit outpouring amongst the people in the in the world that they will wake up to the new world order's evil plans and rise up against them. We thank you, Father, in advance for being able to bring your request to you and look for you 
your mighty hand to respond in the days ahead. We ask this in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. All right, there you have it, friends. There you have it, over and over and over. Declare it over and over and over. This to be true. By the way, I explained this the other day. Binding and loosing. Binding means nothing more than not permitting. And loosing means nothing more than permitting. So when you bind the devil, you stop what he is doing and don't permit it. That's what you don't tie him up. You come against his plans and you stop them. And to loose them is you release and welcome the powers of Almighty God. That's all binding and loosing is. You ain't tying something up. I can't loose anything. Holy Spirit looses things. To loose it means we give you authority. We welcome it. You're welcome here. All right? Whatever you permit, you get. And we've made it so charismatic and it's almost no good for anybody. Amen? I got something else I want to lead into. All right. Hey, Craig, we want people praying this every day for the next two weeks. Is that right, Craig? Craig, can they pray it more than once a day? Or can they share it with their prayer groups? Can they share it with their friends? Can they just out of nowhere all of a sudden, just when they're walking to the refrigerator, have this hanging on the refrigerator, and they're going to go get themselves some ice cream, which they shouldn't be eating, and they decide, wow, there's that prayer. I'll say that thing again. Can they do that kind of stuff, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is the format. You can add to it, you know, and and do whatever you want with it. But but if we can be in agreement about this, then that's that's what we need to do. Spiritual warfare, amen. And, amen. and and here's something neat about 600 here, coach. Uh, there, uh, Pharaoh sent 600 chariots after after Israel. And if you study the number of 600, you realize that's kind of like a war thing. And uh-huh. so, we were there for it was 602 days, right? So, 600, right? We were the warriors, the chariots against those Georgia Godstones. And it was about what amongst two or three witnesses because there was about forty of us there. So we established we established something, and the Lord answered it in six hundred and two days. You know, we were chariots. Let me ask you something here, friends. Uh, Some of you don't know our history here. Uh, We went to Hillary's house. Anybody heard anything from Hillary lately? We went to Bill Barr's house. He quit. Right. We went to the Guidestones. Throw that picture back up there again. We went to the Guidestones, and we prayer walked, and we declare, thus saith the Lord, and them things ain't standing no more. You get it? You understand what spiritual warfare is all about? It's not waving flags and dancing around up in front of the church and speaking in tongues and, jeez, climbing Whatever, what, as above, so beneath. Isn't that, isn't that what the, uh, isn't that what the Luciferians say? First above, then beneath. In other words, the devil and the Luciferians, they understand spiritual warfare. <laughs> it's up there and they, they permit it. Invite it and permit it. And we get into binding and loosing and we don't have any idea what we're even talking about. Whatever you, whatever you permit is loose. And whatever you say, nope, they're not going to teach homosex to my children anymore. It will be bound. But you got to go stop it. The power of God's behind you. The authority of God's with you. You have to show up and exert your authority over that wickedness. ah, This is so easy. Joe Allen, come on in, Joe. You know, there's something curious that these Luciferians do this in non-Christian countries. Just saying. Well, they're doing it in Christian countries. <laughs> they're doing it in Congress. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff Klein. Go ahead, Jeff. Coach Liberty Mel put it up on the site, too, that Tom Dunn will be in the garage tonight in Mount Vernon. So that's church in the garage, 6 o'clock in Mount Vernon tonight. What I'm going to do is I'll print that out. And whether there's 10 there or 25 there, we'll pass them out to everybody. And we'll start off the night 
with everybody in unity in that prayer. And I'll hand them each a sheet and then share it and tell them go share it with somebody else. And I'll take copies Sunday morning to church and hand them out. And I'll, Pastor Matt will let me stand up and address the church. And we'll do it Sunday morning also. So Did everybody in that church say that? something, wouldn't it? You got to get the you got to get the approval of Pastor Billy Bob in order to be able to do it because they don't they don't believe in that. Uh, they don't believe in that kind of stuff. You, you, you see what we're doing? Bless you, Jeff. You see? Yep. I'm, I'm cynical by nature. Myra, come on in. Yes, Coach. Uh, yesterday, um, I spoke about the initiative. This was a teamwork from um, Pass and Sal Ministry. Uh, Bob and my sister um, Evans um, work on it. Craig and uh, my beautiful sister did the work, and um, it is the keychain. It has a lot of meaning, and um, it's up to you what you do. Mm -hmm. And I, can, I cannot tell you what to do, but it's going to be a great investment and you're advancing the kingdom. And also in regard to confidence, um, I have a Bible verse and let me read it to you. It is Romans 15, 12 through 13. It is written. And again, Isaiah said, there shall be a root of Jesse and he that shall rise to regain over the Gentiles in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Coach. Amen. 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 Oh, what we do is sit around and exalt the wicked. We let the wicked get away with everything. The church plays patty cake like we can't make a difference. Pull up apostasy for me. Pull up number, number, no number on it. By the way, before you do that, God, I only got 20 minutes, 19 minutes left. Hang, hang on. Uh, pull up Webster. Pull up Webster. What's apostasy? Apostasy, an abandonment of what one has professed, a total desertion or departure from one's faith or religion. It's a lot of apostasy, apostasy in the American church. Because one of the things that's happened is I don't know when it happened. Evil men crept in unawares and changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Uh, most of Christianity has become about self-enhancement and self-fulfillment. It is no longer about dying to self. It's about self-enhancement. Would anybody want to anybody want to argue? I'm talking, no, okay, not your church. Not, not your church. Your church is really good. But in general, that's Christianity. We pray for blessings. We pray for protection. And all I, I pray for blessings. I pray for, for protection. But folks, that isn't the focus. That, that's not the focus of have you ever come on here and heard anything taught here about life enhancement, giving you your best life now? That has become the American church. And as a result of it, because that has become the mantra of the American church, people flock to those churches. And so then pastors say, well, golly, I got to build a crowd. So I'll start teaching that stuff too. So this guy, be on guard, the end time church is one inundated with apostasy. Scroll down here, Spence. Is it Spence? I think Spence this morning. I think so. <clears throat> There's much talk going around these days about how unified, triumphant, and glorious the church will be in the end times right before the return of Jesus. This Pollyanna image of the church is certainly attractive, but it does not correspond with what the Bible prophesies. Apostasy. The picture of the church in the end times as portrayed in the Bible is not a very pretty pretty one. For one thing, the Bible prophecies prophesies that the church will be racked by apostasy. Jesus prophesied that many will fall away. Likewise, Paul said that the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the great apostasy takes place. We got the Pope. We got the Pope. 
the head of the new world order. Paul reveals that the source of the apostasy is men will hold to a form of religion but will deny its power. The fulfillment of this prophecy began in the 1920s with the ascendancy of the German school of higher criticism. The school of thought which quickly swept American seminaries advocated that the Bible should be approached like any other piece of literature with a critical eye. The concepts of the special inspiration and inerrancy of the Bible were rejected. The Bible came to be viewed as man's search for God rather than God's revelation to man. That's a, that's a, that's a boom, Vinny. As, as a human product, it was considered to be full of myth, legend, and superstitions. This assault on the integrity of God's words opened the floodgate of apostasy. Before long, Christian theologians and ministers were laughing about the virgin birth of Jesus, discounting his miracles, casting down on, casting doubt on his resurrection, and flatly denying his second coming. This was in the seminaries, friends. Scroll on down. At the same, at, as the uniqueness of Jesus was downplayed, many denominations began to embrace the damnable doctrine of universalism. We're all going to heaven. Everybody, Jesus loves everybody. And that is where we are today. We're caught up in the midst of a great apostasy, which says, believe what you want. The important thing is to be sincere and all roads lead to God. All roads, all of which makes a liar of Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father unless you come through me. The result is that there are a lot of sincere people who are sincerely going to hell. Cultism, a second set of prophecies, warned that the church will be assaulted by cultic deception in the end times. Jesus emphasized the point repeatedly in his Olivet Discourse. And Paul underlined it in the strongest possible language when he said, the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter days, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. That's in the Bible, by the way. Boom. And in the 19th century, we saw the rise of Mormonism and its demonic teaching that Jesus is the brother of Lucifer. One of a thousand gods created by the super god, Adam, and an exalted man. The Jehovah's Witnesses were next on the scene with their perverted teaching that Jesus is the archangel Michael. This century has witnessed the rapid multiplication of the cults, just as prophesied. Today, lifelong Christians who, who do not know why they believe what they profess to believe in are being sucked into the cults by the tens of thousands. Now, did I say that? People are in church and don't even know what they believe and couldn't defend it if they had to. Equally appalling is the direct penetration of the church by cultic doctrine. Well-known Christian leaders are advocating the ancient shamanistic practice of visualization as a key to prayer. Others are teaching one of Satan's oldest lies that those who have been born again are little gods. The latest Celtic cultic fad is the concept of satanic salvation, namely that we do not owe our salvation to the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, but rather to some imaginary torment which he suffered at the hands of Satan for three days in hell. And then, of course, there's masonry, the oldest form of cultic penetration of the church with its secret blood oaths, its work salvation, and universalism. Somebody can say, boom, you don't have to. There's confusion. Boom. The third group of prophecies indicated that in the end times, the church will be assailed by doctrinal error. There are doctrines that do not damn the soul, but which confuse and weaken the spirit. Timothy said, for a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrines, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers. They will accumulate teachers. They will go visit churches and sit under pastors who do what? according to their own desires, will turn away from their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. There are many popular myths in Christendom today that either rob people of the power of their faith or else deceive them into practicing a presumptuous faith. Among some of the charismatic doctrines, abuses have been epidemic following these myths. Faith is to be placed in your faith and not in God. It's always God's will to heal you. The believer has the authority of Jesus. It's God's desire that believers be financially prosperous. Well, those guys are booming, aren't they? And believers can have what they want through positive confession. The winds of doctrine are blowing through the church at gale force, and believers are being tossed here and there by the waves, all in fulfillment of the prophecy. Worldliness, a fourth characteristic prophesied about the church in the end times, is that it will be compromised and corrupted by worldliness. 
the prophetic picture of the worldly church is found in Revelation. The seven churches depicted in Revelation 2 and 3 are symbolic of seven periods of church history. The church of Laodicea, the last to be presented, is representative of the type of church that will prevail in Christendom at the end of the age. The picture is a pathetic one. The church is apathetic, neither hot or cold. The apathy is a product of the church's adoption of worldly attitude expressed in the words, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Jesus responds with a scathing rebuke. You do not know you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Folks, this is Jesus speaking to the church. In fulfillment of this prophecy, our churches today are filled with cultural Christians who've accepted Jesus as Savior and not as the Lord. They're schizophrenic Christians who walk with one foot in the church and the other foot in the, in the world. They're carnal Christians who shout hallelujah on the weekend but live like pagans during the week. Anybody know any of those folks? They're greedy in pursuit of health, wealth, and power. The cross and its message of sacrifice is as offensive to them as it is to the world. We must all be on guard spiritually. None of us is immune to this deception. Everything must be tested by the word. If a doctrine fails the test of scripture, it is to be rejected regardless of who is teaching it. I trust it to be placed in the word, not in men. It's pretty good, isn't it? I'm about out of time. I got more. I didn't get where I wanted to go today. Pull up for me something real quickly, if you could. Pull up a list of firsts, uh, Spencer. List of firsts. If you can make this bigger. I just want to. This is the New England Primer. You guys know what the New England Primer was? There's public education questions in 1777. Where is the separation of church and state? Did the United States public school worldview change instead? Here was a test of, in, in, in 1777, was that what it was, 1777? The New England Primer, this is the test. Ready? What, 1777? This was taught in the schools. Who was the first man? This is the test they're giving the kids. Who was the first woman? Who was the first murderer? It was Cain. Who was the first martyr? It was Abel. Who was the who was the first translated? I bet the average Christian couldn't tell you that today. Enoch. Who was the oldest man? How many people in your church can answer these questions? This was taught in public school. Methuselah. Who built the ark? Noah. Who was the patient man? Well, that was Job. Well, who was the meekest man? That was Moses. Who led Israel into Canaan? Well, Joshua did that. Who was the strongest man? Samson. Well, who was the wisest man? This is a quiz in school. Who was the wisest man? Solomon. Who was in the whale's belly? Jonah. Who loves lost? I don't know what lost means. I'm sorry. Who say I can't read? Who saves lost men? Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? The Son of God. Who was the mother of Christ? Mary. Who betrayed his mother, his master, Judas? Well, who denied his master, Peter? Who was the first Christian martyr, Stephen? Who was the chief apostle of the Gentiles, Paul? The infant's grace before and after, meat. Bless me, O Lord, that my food strengthen me to serve thee. For Jesus Christ's sake, amen. I desire to thank you. I 
desire to thank God who gives me food to eat every day of my life. Amen. Public Schools, 1777. Most of the people in the church couldn't answer those questions. Jeff. Because when you bring that up, years ago when we were doing the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in middle school, I shared this with Mary Jane last night, and she didn't know it. Most people don't. But have him bring up Psalms 118, verse 8. <clears throat> so I shared with the kids on the chalkboard in that eight-minute Fellowship of Christian Athletes, you ain't got long. So I come up with this, and there's in this in the Bible, that is the very middle verse, center of the Bible. There's 594 verses before it, 594 verses after it. Totals 11, 1888. Read that verse right there. The middle of the Bible. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. They taught that to the middle schoolers, about 150 of them. They loved it. They thought that was cool. Wow, 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 wow. <clears throat> I got a lot more, but I don't have time to do it. Come on in. Somebody come on in. Go ahead, Dave and Sherry. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um we went to the school board meeting last night and we Jeff Kleined him. And uh but Senator, what we did and and uh Eileen with Sherry and I and Eileen and one of Eileen's friends on it came. It was good. Awesome. But we went and obviously we want to we want them to repost the Ten Commandments in the school, right? Right. But coach, I realized before I went, if I went there, I had to have good reason to post them, right? I could have went there and asked them to post, let's start posting uh, Betty Crocker uh, uh, recipes up on the wall, right? right. You know, and, and I need to, they need to know why. I tried to use this analogy when I spoke is that, and it was great. See, God had a way of, uh, of, of setting us up. Uh, he, he did a great job because guess what? A police officer came and talked for a half hour of how they're preparing a school for an attack. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so, so anyways, when I got out there, I says, you know, folks, listen. Uh, when I was going to school, kids were carrying rifles on the bus because they had shooting clubs after school, and nobody thought a thing of it. So what does change? It's not the guns. So anyways, so I went on to tell them I used this analogy. I said, imagine if you left out of here today and that all of the road signs were removed, stop signs, stop lights, everything, they were all removed. You wouldn't drive very far when you realize you had some life-threatening experiences where you realize, holy smokes, man, those things were put there for my protection, my law, my law. So then I brought him back to the fact that uh, by removing God's law, uh, and God imposes penalties for breaking these laws, just like they impose penalties for breaking rules of the of the road. And so, um, so that was the angle I came from, and 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 I and I and I and I, and I, I read uh, Thessalonians. Where we've been given over to a strong delusion. We're breaking God's law. We're beginning over to a strong delusion. Uh, Thinking we're getting away with it. (laughs) That's the delusion, right? Yeah. The delusions is, uh, I told them, you know, marriage, gender, family, it's all under under attack, right? And then I closed it out with reading Proverbs uh, uh, chapter one, where where the Lord says, you break these rules, your calamity is going to come like a whirlwind. But guess what? I'm going to laugh at you. Mm. And uh, so uh, so it was good. Eileen got up. She spoke. She spoke about the legal right that we now have that the lemon uh, law has been struck down. It was all it was all good. And Eileen, at the end of her presentation, like Moses, walked over and handed him a copy of the Ten Commandments, handed him a plaque with Ten Commandments on it. So but it was good. But, Coach, here's the thing. And I I know it's good at the end, but here's the problem. There's a pastor that sits on the board, and, and Eileen knows him personally. She says he's a great guy. And it was announced in his church that Eileen was going to be there on Monday to present this, right, this opportunity. Guess how many people from the church showed up to support? None. 
Boy, Coach, you're right. You're a pretty smart guy. You're right on it. Wait, that one actually one person that was Donna who came with us. So there's one person. Did the and pastor, uh, the pastor's on the board. Yeah. Pastor's on the board, right? So here's the problem. So I, you know, God bless the guy. Uh, you know, he and hopefully we encouraged him uh, to to do more. But anyways, it was good. And again, thank you. Uh, uh, obviously, Jeff Klein, uh, we you were there in spirit last night. I'm telling your brother. You've encouraged us all, and thanks so much, everyone. Dave, you guys make me proud. I'm Dave, end, you I'm just, Dave, you just encourage me. I'm going to do that now at this school board meeting here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Amen. We'll all start doing it. Pull up Webster real quick for me, Spencer. Real quick. I know, I'm, I know I'm over. I know I'm over. Pull up Webster and pull up Warfare. <clears throat> Military service. The Philistines gathered their armies for warfare. Contest. Struggle with spiritual enemies. That's what warfare is, folks. It's time we started engaging in some warfare. Huh? Proud of you guys. See you tomorrow.